0: My name is Brian. I'm the lead pastor of Grand Valley Church, and we're a community of faith in Brandon, Manitoba. We hope that this message helps you to explore faith and grow in your relationship with God. Good morning. Welcome here to Grand Valley Church Online. My name is Brian. I'm the lead pastor at Grand Valley Church. And I'm glad that you're here to join us this morning. And if you're watching this live, would you put your name in the live chat? Let us know you're watching, that you're joining in, whether that's on YouTube or on Facebook. Or if you're watching this later, put a comment in the comment box. Let us know. And we're excited that we get to do this together. And we're in a series right now called Pause as we're taking this time to be a digital church together when we're not gathering in person, we're gathering online through the internet. And one of the things that's been said before is that we are living in an unprecedented and a unique time. And I think there's going to be a lot of research and a lot of study done about this time period later. Because right now, our world is hyper-vigilant towards slowing and eradicating COVID-19. And that's exactly what we all need to be focused on right now. Following the guidelines of, and recommendations of our public health officials, and our medical staff, doing all the things we're supposed to be doing, physical distancing, hand washing, all those pieces that we're supposed to do, because when we're doing these together, we're making a difference. Now, one of the things that maybe you're feeling already is that it's difficult to sustain this level of hypervigilance for long periods of time. And maybe we've had busy seasons before in work, in life, in our families, times when it just feels like, when's this season going to end. And we need to be careful in these busy seasons that we pace ourselves for the longer time period. And so two weeks ago when we started this series called Pause, we talked about self-care. We talked about practicing self-care and finding rest are essential for us in this time. And we brought up this term called sabbatical. And a sabbatical is a time of intentionally breaking out of our normal routines and dedicating this time to a specific purpose. And right now, the breaking out of our normal routines, that's been done for us already. But we get to choose what kind of purpose we're going to focus our time on, because some of us are finding ourselves with more time on our hands, of wondering what are we going to do with that time that we have. And as we talk about this idea of a Sabbath and rest, I want to take us to a passage in Matthew's account of Jesus' life. And there's four Gospels in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and each one of them is written from a perspective of one of Jesus' followers. And so Matthew tells this of this time when Jesus was traveling and he looked around and he noticed that the people around him looked weary. And so Jesus stands up and he says to the crowds, he says, come to me. All of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Now, this is a declaration of finding rest. And right now, we might put ourselves in that category of being someone who needs to find rest. That we want this burden of this time period we're in to be taken away. Now, when Jesus was talking to this group of people, I think he was talking about physical rest and spiritual rest because this was a culture that where almost everyone is involved in sustenance farming in some way it's a labor-intensive marketplace And at the time, there was also this spiritual undertone and the spiritual conversation that was happening at the same time. Because what Jesus says next is he says this. He invites the people. He says, take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden that I give you is light. And he uses this metaphor of a yoke. Now a yoke is a, a carved wooden beam that was put across the shoulders of a draft animal to pull a cart or a plow. But the term yoke had a second meaning in the first century. Because in the first century, rabbis, teachers of the Jewish law, often used the yoke as a metaphor for the requirements of their Torah law, that all 613 commandments found in the Torah would be referred to as the yoke of a rabbi, what a rabbi was teaching to their disciples. And so when Jesus says, I am humble and gentle, take my yoke upon you, for mine is light and easy to bear, he's actually almost making a bit of a veiled comment at the religious leaders of the day, saying they were putting too many burdens on the people, and then Jesus ends what he said with this. We go back. He says, for my yoke is easy to bear and the burden that I give you is light. And so what Jesus was telling these people in the first century is, and is what's true still for today is that his yoke is lighter and easier to carry and we can find rest as we follow him. That the requirements that Jesus Is putting on his followers of saying, this is what it means to be my follower, to walk with me. His yoke is lighter and easier to carry. And so what is Jesus's yoke? What does Jesus require of us? And that's a question that we always ask in the church, not just in this time frame, but we're always asking and saying, what does it mean for us to be Jesus's followers in our current day, in our current climate, in our world? Because I believe that the message of Jesus is truly timeless. That what Jesus has to teach us applies to everyone, everywhere, every time, and every place. But the way that we live that out often changes. And the way and the how sometimes shift as our world and as our culture shifts around us. But at the core of it, what Jesus requires of us can be summarized by going to two passages that happen a little later in Matthew's Gospel that we call the Great Commandment and the Great Commission. In the great commandment, Jesus was challenged about what's the most important out of those 613 laws. And Jesus says it's two of them. He says it is to love God and love others. And then after his death and resurrection, when he appears to his disciples, he gives them the great commission and he tells them to go and make disciples of all the nations, teaching them to obey the commands that Jesus has given them, and to baptize people in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, when Jesus gave the great commission he also gave a promise. And this promise is found in Matthew 28, verse 20. Jesus says to his followers, and this applies even to today, he says, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now, Jesus' followers took this promise to heart. And after Jesus' death and his resurrection, There was only about 120 of his followers left that were gathered in Jerusalem when the Holy Spirit came and fell upon them and really became the birthday of the church. When the disciples, when Jesus' followers started to do what Jesus had called them to do, when they went and they left the home they were hiding in, and they went to the streets and they began to preach and proclaim who Jesus is, his love for people, the relationship that God desires with everyone. And they carried and held on to this promise that Jesus was with them, even though he had ascended up to sit at the right hand of the Father, that Jesus was present and alive with his followers. And we believe that even to this day. And one of those early church leaders was a guy named Paul. And Paul came along a little bit after Jesus. And there was this remarkable encounter that he had with Jesus that completely changed and transformed his life. He went from someone who was persecuting Christians and trying to end the church to being the most well-known church planter and church leader that's ever lived. And when Paul was writing to the church of Corinth, he told them this to encourage them. And he says in 2 Corinthians 4 verse 8, We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. See, Paul experienced a lot. He experienced being arrested, being beaten, being imprisoned, being shipwrecked. He experienced the kinds of things that would, you would think someone would give up and walk away. But he held to that promise that Jesus was with him. And even when he says this, he says, we are pressed on every side by troubles, but we're not crushed. We are perplexed. We sometimes don't understand what's happening and what's going on. But we do not have to be driven to despair. See, Paul had the confidence to say that Jesus was with him through everything that he endured. This was the promise that the early church held to what empowered them to lead, what empowered them to share the truth of God's love about the new way of being in a relationship with God that was made by Christ. And so later, when Paul was writing the letter to the church of Colossae, when he was writing to this group of churches in that area, he said this as he was trying to explain how do we live out our faith. And he said, above all, Clothe yourselves with love, which binds us together in perfect harmony. This is a time period, an opportunity, where even though we aren't gathering physically, we can still be bound together with the love that we show for one another and the love that we show to our communities, to our neighbors, in our workplaces. It's love that binds us together in harmony. And then in the next verse, he says, And let the peace that comes from Christ. Rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. See, Paul understood what it meant to have Christ's peace living in him, Christ's peace enduring him through everything he was going through. And then he adds on these last four words almost as an afterthought when he says, and always be thankful. We might think that was just a, oh yeah, one more thing added on in this portion of the letter. But I think Paul was really getting onto something here. Because when we choose to be thankful, it can help us release what is burdening us. If we go back to what Jesus said when he said, come to him and lay down our burdens. And take the yoke that he gives us. Take what Christ gives us instead of all the burdens that we carry. See, right now, a lot of us are experiencing fear. We're experiencing that what-if syndrome where our minds want to run wild. Running the, well, what if this happens? What if this happens? What if I get laid off? What if, you know, if you're an employer, you're thinking, what if I can't make payroll? What if I can't pay my employees? A lot of us are in this experience where anxiety and stress are raising. You know, what if What if there's another big change that happens? What if we're not able to do this anymore or, or do that anymore? Our minds can get stuck thinking about those things. But when we choose to be thankful, when we make a conscious choice to be thankful for what's going on around us, when we make a chance to be thankful for what God's already done in our lives, or we're thankful for the people we're in contact with, or even one of the things I'm really thankful for these days is how our leaders, our government leaders are handling this. I'm actually quite proud of our government and the cho- our public health officials, and the way that our leaders at every level are trying to help our country navigate through this well. But when we choose to be thankful, it interrupts our feelings of stress and anxiety. In fact, it's very difficult to hold stress and anxiety and thankfulness in our minds together at the same time. It's actually quite difficult for our brains to do that. And so when we're feeling stressed, when we're feeling anxious, when we're feeling fearful or isolated, if we make this choice to intentionally be thankful, we actually block ourselves from experiencing the stress and the fear that's going on. See, I think when Paul added that on, and always be thankful, that being thankful is one of these keys that unlocks feeling peace that unlocks being able to show love to one another when we choose to have gratitude for what's going on around us. I want to take us back for a moment to what Jesus said in Matthew 11. He said, Come to me, all who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. This is one of these promises of Jesus that I'm thankful for that I'm trying to hold on to in this, that even as we're re-navigating how we do everything and as we're vigilant at changing the way we live our lives to try and protect everyone around us, that's a burden that we're carrying. And we can come to Christ and we can give him these burdens and find rest in that. And then Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble humble. And gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden that I give you is light. That's what I want to take on right now. I want to take on the way that Jesus calls us to live our lives. Not to live in fear, but to address the reality of what's around us and say we can face everything going on with peace. We don't have to be forced to despair, even when we don't understand, even when we don't know what's going on, we can choose to not let those troubles crush us, just like how Paul talked about. And so today, I want to kind of give you these two questions as a challenge to think through and maybe talk through with a family member or talk over the phone or or a video call over Skype or FaceTime or something like that with someone. But I want to ask you these two questions, and the first one is this. What do you need to let go of? What are we carrying and holding? What burden are we putting on our own shoulders that we need to let go of this week? And secondly, how can we be thankful this week? One of the things that I've been trying to do is I journal a fair bit, and I find it just helps me understand what's going on in my own mind and my own thoughts when I write things down. And so I've been trying to focus on every time I journal, starting with making a list of the things that I'm thankful for. And I find it helps me have clarity as I'm trying to process my own thoughts and emotions and feelings at this time, that when we choose to focus on being thankful, when we choose to focus on gratitude, we can really find the peace that Paul knew through every circumstance. We can find the rest for our souls that Jesus promised. And that's what I hope for you as you're watching this and as you go about your week, that we think about what are the things going on in our minds? What are the things we're carrying that we need to just let go of and hand over to Jesus? And how can we practice gratitude this week? How can that help us in what we're experiencing? Now, next week is Easter Sunday. And I want to talk about that for a moment because this Easter is going to be unlike any Easter we've had before. Usually, Easter is a time when we gather together to celebrate, and we gather with family, and we often have big family dinners, and those aren't going to happen this year. And even though we're used to celebrating in person, we're not going to be able to do that. We're going to have to celebrate as we're spread apart. And so as a kind of an extra piece to think about, I want you to think ahead to Easter, because Easter is this time where we celebrate that we have hope because Jesus conquered death, because Jesus conquered everything. And maybe that's one of the things that we can be thankful for already, that we know our Savior who conquered everything, who is over and above all. And we can still have hope and celebrate that. And so maybe just looking ahead to next week, as Easter is going to be different, you know, one of the things we may have to let go of is that expectation of, but it's it's Easter when we're together. But as I've been saying several times over the past few weeks, the church is not limited by a building. The church is not limited by gathering. In fact, the church is more distributed and spread out and is more pervasive through our world right now because we are all spread apart. That this is an opportunity for us to share Christ's light and love and hope. So in this season of Sabbath, of our normal routines being disrupted as we think about what purposes we're going to focus on. What do we need to let go of? How can we be thankful? What are we looking forwards to? What are we still going to celebrate? What are we still going to focus on? How will we still show love? There is so much opportunity in what we focus on during this time of Sabbath. So thanks for being here. And maybe just before you go, take a moment... And type in the live chat, what is something you're thankful for right now? Or if you're watching this later, put it in a comment. What are you thankful for right now? Just take a moment and do that before you close out of this video. And so, thanks for being here. We're going to keep doing these every week where we're doing our church online. So, folks, I hope you have a great Sunday, and I hope to see you again this way next week. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Our Sunday services are online only, streaming at 11 a.m. on YouTube. You can find out more about our church by going to mygrandvalley.ca or you can find us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for My Grand Valley. Thanks for listening.